Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Laura Cook, registered dietitian who started out working in the insurance industry and later found her passion for dietetics as a second career. Laura and I met this past spring at the Nebraska Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics annual meeting, and I wanted to have her on the podcast because of her unique path to the profession, but also to talk more about her area of expertise, which is renal nutrition. There are not many of us who decide during our internship or even in our undergrad that renal nutrition is where we want to practice, and honestly, neither did Laura. She has found a great passion for this area of dietetics and shares more about working with dialysis patients. Please enjoy my conversation with Laura. Well, I'm excited to finally, we kind of struggled with a little... um, technical difficulties the first time we tried to do this. So thank goodness it's working out this evening for us to chat. And it's been a while since I met you. I mean, that was back beginning of the year in in April. And I was so grateful to have met you for the brief moment we had a chat, but I I can't wait to learn more about you and your journey and kind of where you got started in the dietetics profession. So maybe take me back to those early moments when you kind of realized dietetics was a thing. Well, um, <laughs> so I have a very kind of roundabout way to becoming a dietitian. Okay. Um, <laughs> I started college, I wanted to become a doctor. <laughs> and um, I had worked with a dietitian just kind of as a patient, I guess, when I was in high school. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but never really thought of it at my, as something for myself. So when I started college, you know, I was, you know, dead set on being doctor, doing all the hard science. You know, You're doing all the pre-med stuff. Yes. All yeah. the lovely classes. Yeah. And college level chemistry and calculus are a little bit different than high school level. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes. <laughs> So after a semester of that, I was like, no way, no way. <laughs> <laughs> At least I, you realized it, though. At least it was early on enough that you didn't get too far into it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I changed my major to psychology and I got my bachelor's degree, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do with that bachelor's degree. I was just kind of you know, burned out and just kind of the point where I just wanted to get any job that was out there and just, you know, go to work, come home, don't have to study, <laughs> don't have to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so I ended up, I got a job just working at like a, um, a local insurance company doing it like in their home office. So um, just kind of doing like processing of new applications and customer service type of thing. And, you know, it was like, it's a, it's a really good job. It's a good company to work for, but, um, it wasn't really something that was truly interesting to me. You know, um, insurance is kind of dry, (laughs) especially (laughs) life insurance. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. So, but I mean, the benefits and, you know, lots of paid time off and, you know, good insurance and, 
you know, those were all kind of important things to me at that time. So I ended up working there for about four years. Um, during that time, I um, started a master's in counseling, actually, at a, um, a local college. Um, but again, it was, you know, I did it for maybe about nine months, but it just wasn't something that I was truly passionate about and something that I really wanted to um, sacrifice all my time you know, my benefits, the, you know, all the, the things that I had um, in my current job that, you know, made it you worth it to me and, yeah. just, you know, working. Down. Yeah. So, and just, you know, giving all that up wasn't, wasn't worth it to me at that time. Um, and so this was all um, around the 2008 financial crisis um, when the markets kind of all crashed and, um, unfortunately after a couple of years after that in 2010, um, the company I worked for, they had to do some restructuring and, uh, my department was eliminated. Oh, so, no. yeah. So, um, quite a few people across the company lost their jobs, um, myself included. So, um, but I kind of look at it as something that was a, a blessing in disguise because, you know, I think the job I had was a good job, but it was also something that I could get stuck doing just because it was easy and the benefits. Um, So this kind of really made me like focus and sit down and think about like what I really wanted to do with my life. And so like in my time, you know, when I was working and just kind of, enjoying life like I noticed that cooking was really becoming my passion um and it's always something I've been really interested in and you know I was doing a lot of reading on nutrition and um you know those were always kind of websites I gravitated to when I had some free time and um so I kind of thought back to that time um, when I worked with a dietitian and I was like you know that'd be a really good um, combination for me, you know, of, of, you know, combining that food. And then again, that desire to help people and possibly work in the medical field. Um, so I decided to go back to, um, UNL and that's where I got my bachelor's, um, in psychology. And so I decided to go back and do all the, uh, didactic, uh, requirement classes for, um, dietetics. So I spent about Two years, um, catching up on all the undergrad classes. So like the, <laughs> the hard sciences that I that kind of scared me off the first time. Um, were they, did they, did they appear to be a little bit easier though? Like, were you more like in it to win it this time? Yeah, I was definitely a lot more focused. And I think, you know, this time, you know, being a little bit older also helped me too, because I felt like I had more stake in the game, I guess, you know, it wasn't such a kind of, I don't know. Oh yeah. When I grow up kind of thing now it was like, sure. okay, I actually I have to provide for myself. And, and, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be. Um, I actually kind of enjoyed organic, organic chemistry a little bit. <laughs> no way. Um, you did. <laughs> I mean, good for like, you. 
I'm kind of a visual person. So like all the shapes like mm-hmm. made sense to me somehow. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> That's I didn't good, mind though. it. <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I really liked physiology and learning about that. And then food science was amazing. Like, you know, I was sitting there as kind of a, you know, seven or eight years older than a lot of the, my peers and the classes and I was sitting there kind of nerding out over like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. I never know. This is why, you know, when you make a pie, this is why it all the filling stays together. This is why it comes out, you know, kind of thing. And I think a lot of some of my other classmates were I was a little bit nerdy. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you like cooking, that's like the funnest part about yeah. dieting. It really is. It's so fun to do that stuff. Yeah, uh, and those were like my favorite classes, like doing the labs where and where we actually got to cook and like see, you know, the effects of different things on on food. Like I just loved it. So, um, anyway, so yeah, I, it took me about two years or so to uh, um do all the undergrad dietetics classes. Um, and at that time, you know, I still had to. I was on my own. I had to, um get my own health insurance, you know, pay my bills, things like that. Um, so I actually got another job at a insurance company, a different one here in town, um, doing medical history interviews over the phone with uh, mm-hmm. people who had applied for um, either life insurance or disability insurance. And I think that was something that was, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was extremely beneficial to me. Because, well, for one, I learned a lot more about um, really common medical conditions like um, diabetes, high blood pressure, um, you know, a lot of things with like a a lot of people that had all of those all the time, probably in all your interviews. Yeah. Yeah. So and, you know, we had like specific questions that we had to ask, but a lot of those questions um, are things that you as a dietitian would ask someone anyway, you know, like, you know, what medicines are you taking? What's your blood sugar been? What's your A1C? So, you know, even though my job wasn't really dietetics related, it was giving me a really good background in just medical conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, So that really proved to be beneficial. Um, We also had to like look at um, the prescription histories for uh, people who applied. So like it really helped me get familiar with the names of all the different drugs and their common uses. Um, so I think I felt like that really helped me get a leg up um, when I got to my internship. And you were getting paid to get educated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like you know, or, yeah. And even, you know, like in when I got to MNT undergrad classes, I was kind of, I, it wasn't quite as overwhelming, I guess, because I felt like I'd already heard of a lot of these things. And so I was like, Oh, okay. That's what that is. Finally. Or, you know, kind of, um, like I said, had a little bit of a leg up and it was also beneficial too. Cause I, um, they were really flexible with my class schedule and I worked kind of more like a second shift so I could, um, go to school during the day and then work in the evening. That's um, nice. Did you work from home or did you have to go in an office space? Oh, I worked in an office space. So they were, um, yeah, just had to let us go 
we were usually done by nine, so it wasn't too terribly late. Oh, but bad. Yeah. 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 And also we had to document everything that we talked about with the um, people who applied for insurance. So that was another thing, like really good habit that I got used to working there was documenting everything that they say. And, you know, that's something that we have to do in, in our sure. clinical areas. So even if you didn't think insurance was like part of the puzzle, it totally was part of the puzzle. It yeah. helped get to where you are today. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, then I, I got my internship at, at UNL and, um, I finished my master's there as well in 2015. Um, yeah, then I got my first job as a, um, outpatient dietitian at Mary Lanning Hospital in Hastings, Nebraska. Um, and that's kind of a small town out in, smaller town, I guess, out in central Nebraska. And, um, are you are you from that area, or is it? Are you was it just the job that kind of brought you there? Um, I you know it's fairly close to my hometown. It's about thirty minutes away. Um, so it was you know I was familiar with the area, so that was part of the reason why I was just looking out there in in the first place. Um, sure. Was it hard yeah. to find things when you got out of school? Was it difficult for you to find jobs? Were they kind of scarce in that neck of the woods? Um, you know, in, I guess I, so I was living in Lincoln still at the time and I started applying for jobs, um, before I finished my master's, you know, kind of that, a few months before I graduated and I was, had been applying and applying and applying and wasn't getting anywhere and getting a whole bunch of, um, rejection emails, which are Mm. never fun to get. No. (laughs) And... (laughs) Um, so, and at the time my goal was, I really wanted to stay in Lincoln. You know, I had lived here for, um, over 10 years at the time. And, you know, most of my family lives here, all my friends lived here. So I didn't really want to leave. Um, but Mary Lanning was the best opportunity for me at that time. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's. I had the opportunity. I think it was a really good first job for me. And actually, you know, I think staying there would have been good as well. Um, I had such freedom to kind of um, do whatever I wanted to in the areas I was assigned to. So, um, like I said, I did outpatient. So I covered their wound center, um, cardiac rehab, diabetes education. you had a good variety of, of clients yeah. that you with and saw. Yeah. And then I also would help out, you know, there's not too many <laughs> dietitians out in that area. So if the hospital dietitians had, were on vacation or something, I would cover their vacations. Um, oh. Yeah. So I got to see so many different types of patients and got to work with such a, a variety that I think it was a very a great learning experience for my uh, first position. Um, outpatient, I do. I think outpatient is a good place because like you said, it's, you do get a variety and I think it helps educate you to re- kind of maybe even figure out what you like. Like what, I know your internships for that too, but I feel like the outpatient setting is another great place. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And 
yeah, you just see people from all walks of life <laughs> coming through. Um, <laughs> you have to sorry. laugh because I'm sure you can think about a couple that you're like, huh, yeah, I'll never forget that patient. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was it was a good experience. Um, but when I was an intern, I actually had spent... Um, we had like a week of our choice where we could kind of decide or um, decide what we wanted to do or if we wanted, you know, more experience in a certain area we could get, uh, spend a little bit more time there. And so I was able to see, uh, go visit a dialysis center and work with the, their dietitians for about a week. And um, I just thought it was awesome. And um, so after I've been at Mary Lanning for a little bit over a year, um, a position at Dallas Center of Lincoln um, opened up and um, I applied for it and I've been there ever since. I, I'm always interested in dietitians who like dialysis because I would say <laughs> that was one, it was one area of my internship that I was like, holy moly, this is not my bag. So what kind of, what draws you into dialysis? Because it's such a special area mm -hmm. for dietitians to be working. It's such a highly, I think the medical aspect of dialysis. I mean, it's so complicated and there's so many things to know and do. So what, I mean, you're a medical person, obviously from the get-go because you want to be a doctor. So is that kind of mm -hmm. what kind of drew you into that? Yeah, I just, I like, so we are fortunate in our clinic. Um, we have protocols that allow us to make adjustments to like phosphorus binding medications and certain other medications. So that's something I really enjoy. So yeah, I guess to answer your question, I really like the medical side of things, but it's also a good balance too, because I still am working with people on a, on a regular basis and still doing kind of, um, that counseling and, and motivational interviewing to um, help people achieve their lab goals. And I found since I've been here, I really enjoy reviewing labs. <laughs> That's one thing. <laughs> yeah. I would actually love to learn more about reviewing labs and, and medications. Like I just, it's, it's just so interesting to see how all aspects like medical nutrition, everything all plays together. Well, especially in dialysis too, especially yeah. in end stage renal disease, because it is, like I said, it's so tricky and complicated and mm -hmm. how it fluctuates every time they come in. And, and I'm sure you probably, you get to know your patients really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. And that is one of the things I enjoy too. It's, you kind of become like a little bit of a family. Um, you know, some of our patients, I've worked here at DCL for, about three years, a little over three years now. And, you know, some of the patients I have when I started are still here and, you know, you know, you kind of, you get to know them, you become family, you get to, you know, see them out on the floor every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or, you know, and you kind of, yeah. um, are able to develop a more of a relationship than maybe if you just saw someone as an outpatient once or twice. And then, you know, it's kind of like, oh, whatever happened to them? Um, but this year. Oh, <laughs> kinda, this one now you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So it does get hard. You know, that is kind of one of the hardest things that they told me when I started was, you know, our patients, they're not going to get better. Um, Mm -hmm. They'll either, they're either going to die or they're going to get a transplant. And, you know, that was kind of one thing that was a little bit hard to um, come to grips with or kind of be okay with. Um, But I think for me being able to help people maintain a good quality of life for the time that they do have and managing this really difficult disease is, is really rewarding. I, I am amen to you sister. Cause it, <laughs> I mean, it is cause you're right. Like their quality of life, you know, that they're either going to die from their disease or they're going to get a transplant. So like that's mm-hmm. the two options basically. Yep. And so knowing that you play such a huge role in that, whatever happens to them that you're helping them live the best life they can while on dialysis. I mean, you're a huge part of that, that patient process. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like I said, you know, we're, you know, you do kind of get to be like a family and I think, you know, like any family, you kind of sometimes get on each other's nerves or like, why are you doing (laughs) this? Kind of thing. (laughs) Or just listen to me kind of thing. But you know, I think it's it's because we care, you know, or at least I do, you know. What's your, what's the biggest challenge that you find in your practice with your patients? Um, I think just complying with the recommendations because there's so many things um, that we have to, that the patients have to be aware of when they're eating. You know, we want them to... Um, follow a high protein diet, but also limit their potassium and limit their sodium, limit their phosphorus and, you know, limit their fluid intake. So there's just so, so many things that they have to be conscious of when they eat that, um, it's, it's really challenging, um, to really meet all of the the goals that we set for them on a consistent basis, unless they have pretty good residual kidney function. Um, you know, and sometimes I think that can get frustrating for, for some people. They're like, well, I'm doing what you said, but it's not getting better. And I'm like, well, yeah, sometimes it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be perfect, but. <laughs> Do you ever have someone come in and be like, I just went off the rails and I totally just ate whatever I wanted and I don't care. And you have to kind of deal with that emotional side too. Yeah. Sometimes, um, especially with fluid, uh, like fluid intake, um, especially if their patient's not making urine anymore, um, that can get kind of tricky. Um, some of the things are kind of cyclical too, um, or based on seasons, like in August, is tomato season. So people who grow their own tomatoes, you know, they want obviously want to eat them, but tomatoes are high in potassium. So we usually oh see a lot of potassium spikes in August and September. Of, uh, I would have tomatoes. never thought of that. Yep. <laughs> That's yep. crazy. <laughs> and here coming up, I bet we'll see some fluid and potassium get out of whack uh, because of, um, it's soup, you know, getting into soup season and uh, potatoes, you know, potato soup, that kind of thing. So probably sodium content too, with like the holidays and yeah, yeah. 
So, and I think that's kind of one of the things I try to focus on with my patients too, is like, I don't expect you to be perfect a hundred percent of the time, but you know, the reason I'm telling you these things is because they can harm, you know, not following this can harm you, especially, you know, for potassium. If their potassium spikes too high, it can cause a heart attack. Sure. So, you know, it's kind of hard, you know, I just like, I don't want to scare you, but this is really important. You could have a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you think about, you know, as far as your schooling and like mm-hmm. your internship, do you feel like you had enough education to do this role? I mean, how do you feel like if someone's going to go into kidney failure, renal disease mm-hmm. and dialysis, you know, what kind of things are advantageous to really, I mean, besides your internship, what do you think mm-hmm. as far as education? Like you said, labs, you'd love to know more about labs. Is there opportunities for you to figure out more things about labs or how does that kind of work in that kidney field? Um, a lot of the training, um, at least that I got was on the job. Um, CMS does require uh, dietitians working in the dialysis unit to have a year of clinical experience. Um, before they're eligible to work in dialysis. And I think that is actually really important so that you have time to develop that uh, clinical judgment um, a little bit more and get a little bit more just familiar um, with everything medical-wise. But yeah, I think a lot of it is just kind of on-the-job. On-the-job training, yeah. On-the-job training and learning and... Um, you know, there's still things I learn all the time from our nephrologists and, you know, there's always new medications coming out that we have to learn about. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a constant learning. Yeah, I would think so too. Just because like you said, with medications and Mm -hmm. all the different things that are available as far as treating the patients, not necessarily dialysis, that's pretty much straightforward. Yeah. as, As the other part of the treatment. Right. And, you know, things that maybe, you know, our patients don't live in a bubble just with kidney disease. They have, you know, various other conditions that they take medications for that may have some nutrient implications um, that we don't know about. And I just had recently, I'm, I'm thinking of a patient that um, his phosphorus is actually really low. Um, and I found out that he was on a, like a, uh, medication for his stomach um, that can decrease phosphorus or bind phosphorus. So um, oh. yeah, we had to switch him off of that so that his levels would re- return to normal. So it's kind of, you know, there's always something um, to adjust. You're like a detective. You're like, a yeah, pretty much. Detective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what I told my boss one time. I feel like doing labs and kind of figuring out our interventions is when we get the results back, is it's kind of like doing puzzles. You know, you got to find the best fit for the situation that you have. How many patients do you see like in a day? Like what does a normal day look like for you? Well, day to day is, is um, a little bit different. So in dialysis, we, um, it's, we're kind of more on a monthly schedule. So um, the first week of the month, 
everyone gets their labs drawn. And then the following week, once we have all the results, that's when I see everyone. I try to see everyone um, during that week and, um, you know, review their labs and, you know, make any changes or do any, um, you know, any kind of interventions that are needed and, um, and then follow ups, you know, the, the next couple of weeks of the month before we, we start over again. Wow. So, uh, so it is, just, there's some consistency with mm-hmm. how you like baseline consistency. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of, it's the same, but different, you know, we kind of go on the same schedule, but it's always different every time. And, you know, some people, you know, require a little bit more follow-up or a little bit more hand-holding, you know, especially in the beginning. And then, you know, some patients who have been doing dialysis for, you know, seven years there, you pretty much check in with them once a month and they're good to go and don't really have to worry about them till the next time. Till the next time. Yep. Do you feel like, I I guess I feel like when I drive around, I always see like new dialysis places like popping up. I just, Mm -hmm. do you feel like, kidney disease is becoming more prevalent or do you think it's just more diagnosed or what do you, what do you see in your practice? Um, you know, I mean, hypertension and diabetes are the two leading causes of kidney failure. So we know our population isn't overall getting uh, healthier that way. Healthier yeah. that way. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, and our population is aging and I think, you know, probably unfortunately those, uh, things are starting to catch up with them. I think um, so too. And that's, yeah. that's a really good point. Like how hypertension and diabetes are increasing. So therefore kidney failure is increasing as well. And I think one of the things that I know the nephrologists are trying to focus on is um, trying to avoid the situations where the patient you know, ends up in the hospital and has no idea they have any kidney disease and then they end up on dialysis. So they're trying to catch um, diagnoses earlier um, so that they can um, at least prepare a little bit and and possibly try to slow the progression of the disease if they can, or at least, you know, help patients like have a um, access uh, fistula or something ready to go for when they do reach the point that they need dialysis. So it's not emergent. So it's not like we got to do it today. (laughs) Right. Or they're not, you know, in the emergency room with, uh, you know, high potassium and fluid overloaded and, Mm -hmm. and in really bad shape. I saw that a lot as a, in working in a clinical that there'd be people that had to have like emergent dialysis. Yeah. Right now. (laughs) It's unfortunate, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, sometimes people, like I said, compliance, I think, is the hardest thing about dialysis and in all aspects, not just the diet. But, you know, sure. you have to be there three times a week for, on average, four hours. So that's, it's basically like a part-time job. A yeah. 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 Do you find, do you ever get frustrated or are you pretty, you seem like you're pretty easygoing as a dietitian. <laughs> Yeah, like you just kind of roll with the punches, but I just feel like it would get frustrating sometimes because you would see that like non-compliance more than maybe compliance, or is it the other way around? I feel it. You know, I feel like most of our patients are pretty 
are fairly good about, you know, or they know what they need to do. Um, there are sometimes, you know, you have to call your coworker and just vent for a minute. It's like, <laughs> why are you doing, you know, why are you doing this? Why are but, you listening to me? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, like I said, you know, we get to see the same people over and over again. So, you know, some patients I know they're always going to be fluid overloaded or they're never going to take their phosphorus binders the way that they're supposed to. And, you know, I, at some point you have to accept that they, you've done everything you can as a dietitian to help them achieve those goals. And at some point they have to choose to do it and we can't make that choice for them. So I'll be there to catch them or help them if they need it. But I can't mm-hmm. can't force them to do anything. That's so true. That is just so kind true. of hard for us control freaks. <laughs> yeah, I know us type A personalities that are yeah. like, oh, why don't you just do this? That's all right. you have to do. <laughs> yeah. I think it's. I just. I think it's such a great place that for people that do like dialysis and that mm-hmm. I do think so highly of you because. I just, I know that that's an area that I wouldn't have excelled in very well, but I found it very interesting because of, like you said, that medical side and the labs and the medications. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of really cool components to dialysis and in renal disease. So I think that's great that as a young dietitian, you want to do that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, I really enjoy working for our clinic because we are um, an independent facility. So, um, we have a lot of kind of free reign to do different things. You know, we, every quarter we do a education board, like bulletin board kind of thing. And so that allows us to, or at least me anyway, like kind of express my create, my creative side and, um, you know, kind of do more of the arts and crafts things that I like to do. And, you know, we can make any kind of educational handouts that we want to or have time to make. Um, we, yeah, we also, um, do some, uh, education for people, people before they start dialysis. So, um, that's something, uh, you know, kind of a little bit different and working in the process of, uh, revamping our presentation now, but yeah. So yeah, there's quite a variety. Do the nephrologists listen to you? Do you have a great working relationship with them? Yes, I think. And that's one of the things I really do like about dialysis. And that was kind of one of the things that stuck out to me when I visited in my internship was that the nephrologists really listen to the input of the dietitian. And, um, you know, I feel that way now, you know, especially after working there for three years, I think I have a really good relationship working relationships with the nephrologists and the nurse practitioners, especially, you know, we have to work. Yeah. Yeah. We work really closely with them and also with the social workers and, you know, nursing staff, you know, everyone has to work as a team to really help the patients achieve their goals. That's, That's great. That's good to hear. Yeah. Now, when you, when you got done with your internship, like when, what was like the ultimate goal in your brain to what you wanted to be as a dietitian? Was it renal or was it kind of something else that you didn't think was, was going to be where you're at now? You know, I didn't really have a truly specific goal, 
when I got done with my internship, I was just like, I need a job, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I got to start paying bills again, paying off my student loans. Like, um, but you know, I kind of be honest about that because I yeah. think a lot of us get in that position. It's like, yeah, go chase your dreams and find the job that you love. But sometimes you're not in that position to do that right yeah. away. Yeah. And so, you know, I had to always kind of envisioned myself working something, you know, maybe wellness, weight management, maybe diabetes management. But it's kind of funny now. I I think I would actually hate working in that all the time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just not for me, you know, mm-hmm. I think. I, I think I enjoy the complexity of my patients sometimes. Um, like I said, you know, figuring out the puzzle, the puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's kind of important for people for, you know, going through their internship and getting their first job is like, you know, really to keep an open mind. Um, because what you like right now may not be what you like in a year or two or three or yeah, um, sometime even down in the a road. year. Change, yeah. Year, twenty years, it doesn't matter. It could change at any moment. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think it's great that it's so interesting. I that's why I wanted to talk to you because I was like, man, who wants to be? I just have never met anyone that wants to be in a in a, <laughs> as a renal dietitian. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah, but I think it's so great that I love hearing your passion for it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, and I've been doing you know, some presenting about. Um, MNT for kidney disease and I'm researching those presentations and I learn so much more that I didn't even know. And it's, it's just so fascinating to me. And it's, it's kind of surprising how much we don't know <laughs> too. Sure, um, sure. In terms of, you know, even just like metabolism and, and things like that. So, um, yeah. See, it's even pulling you in more. It's like, oh. <laughs> Stay here forever, please, Laura. We love yes. you. <laughs> That's great that you're doing some presenting. Are you presenting to other healthcare professionals or? Yeah, I presented to um, like uh, the Nebraska Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics um, for some of their regional meetings. And then um, actually coming up next week, I'm going to present at the uh, Nebraska Kidney Association, um, like joint oh, council meeting. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. I I enjoy that too. I like I like talking about kidneys. I think they're I think they're a cool organ. Because <laughs> people, you know, the heart gets all the you know, publicity and all the research and stuff like that, but your kidneys do so many things for you that people don't realize. No. So, yeah, and if like yeah, like you said, that the heart gets most of the most of the love, but really, yeah, the kidney is just as important as your yeah. heart, and they do way more important things sometimes as far as filtering and mm-hmm. yeah, just crazy. Keep your heart beating. <laughs> yes, yes. This is a really random story, but um, I studied to be a, his, a histo- histotechnologist, which is basically the study of tissue. And so part of my um, studies, I had to cut tissue and my favorite tissue to cut was kidney because oh, yeah. it's so interesting when you cut a kidney, just like the intricate details of the, the cells and the tissue inside a kidney. It's the coolest looking thing. Oh, ever. wow. So I'd love yeah, to see that. <laughs> I was, 
Yeah. I I, I don't even know if I have my slides anymore, but I had a cut like brain and I had a cut bone and all this oh, wow. stuff, but I, the kidney was in it stains. It's really pretty when you stain it and it, oh, yeah? it's really, it's interesting. Yeah. Huh. So I agree with you. The kidney is a pretty cool organ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what is kind of, what's, Next steps for you, you're kind of at a place where it seems like you're really happy with your job and you're mm-hmm. you're doing some speaking, which is awesome. You are part of the, do you volunteer with the Nebraska Academy? I can't remember if you said that. Yes. Yes. Volunteer. Yeah. Okay. And what do you do for them? Um, right now, I am uh, part of the annual meeting planning committee. So um, I am the awards chair. So at our spring meeting, we give out... Um, I think five different awards to um, dietitians at various levels in their career um, just to recognize outstanding work. Um, so I kind of coordinate all that. Very good. You're yeah. a busy gal, girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good though. <laughs> yeah, it is good. And I think it's good that you do work with your state organization too. I think that's a really good part of being a dietitian. Everyone should do that at least once in their career. Yeah, I agree. And it's good to, you know, I think coordinate with or, you know, see the perspective of all dietitians from all the different um, areas that we can work in. And they call and they're just like, oh, she does kidney disease. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Crazy. I just still I'm like, I'm in awe of you. Someday if I ever have to work. With a kidney patient again, I'm going to have to tap into your expertise. Oh yeah, I don't get a, I don't get many, but when I do, I ask. I I'm kind of like I have to go back to my notes from like my internship and my clinical days. And yeah, remember labs and medications and mm-hmm. so much, so much to know. Well, and there's so there's actually quite a bit of research um, for the pre dialysis um, chronic kidney disease patients of. Um, plant-based diet or vegan diets, slowing progression. And um, so that's kind of something I've been looking at, you know, looking into more, um, trying to learn about. Yeah. So like the protein more digestible from plant-based, less taxing on the kidney. Is that kind of the premises or? Yeah. And then also, yeah, partly there's, um, yeah, less, less taxing on the kidneys. Um, some of the um, like electrolyte balance, like it can help reduce like fruits and vegetables can help reduce like metabolic acidosis and help improve, mm. improve blood pressure, blood sugar levels. So um, that's kind of, that all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Hopefully there's a specialist exam for a renal dietitian. So I'm hoping to take that next year when my plan starts over. Gotcha. Cause you probably have to have so many contact hours and yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You only have to, you have to have a year of renal experience um, to sit for that exam. But you know, my CDR. Yeah. You don't want to do the CEUs and have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm already good for this cycle. So I gotta wait for my next yep. one to start over. So we'll have it knocked out. Test, you'll be perfect. (laughs) Well, that's exciting. Yeah, for you, I'm glad you're doing that too. I think that's if you're in it, you should definitely do it. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, I'm so glad you shared some of your insight into this. I have not had anyone that's worked in kidney disease. So it was awesome to have you be my first for that. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that all with me. And I'm glad our technical difficulties worked out this time. Yeah. But I always have to end my podcast with a few more questions for you before you go for the evening. So sure. why don't you share with me some foods that you enjoy? Oh, goodness. Lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Um, lots of yeah. Them. Um, you know, it's getting into Brussels sprout season. I really love Brussels sprouts, like roasted in the oven. Mm. Um, you know, I, I love most foods. I think it's easier to say the foods that I don't like because that's a, a smaller <laughs> list. What you don't like. Let's go with those. <laughs> I don't like beets and I don't like peas. <laughs> Those are... I'm with you, both of those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming you cook. Do you cook most of the time for your... Like, do you make crazy recipes since you're really into food? Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy experimenting and kind of doing new... Trying new recipes and kind of making them my own, too. That's fun. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. You're creative that way. I'm not. So I always think highly of people that like to cook. <laughs> uh do you have beverages that you enjoy um i like red wine and probably shouldn't admit this as a dietitian but i really love diet coke <laughs> <laughs> that's okay <laughs> yeah say so red My wine friend, and diet that's perfect yeah. i think that's great. i like them both i think they're both delicious too yeah um do you have a favorite scent or smells that you enjoy? Um, I kind of like, um, you know, lighter, fresh scents, you know, kind of more herbal, like lavender or sage kind of, kind of scents. Kind of makes sense with your cooking. Like you probably, mm -hmm. do you like to cook with like fresh herbs and stuff like that too? Yes, I do grow them. Um, so oh, I've been, yeah. Figuring out how to use them. Do you save them? Do you like freeze them or anything? Like once the summer's over, do you like put them in your freezer or do you, what do you do with them if you have a lot of them? I've dried, I dried some basil. Um, I try to use them. Uh, I like my basil. I try to, I make into pesto to use it oh, up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've dried, I grew lemon balm this summer. Um, and so I dried some of that to use for like tea. But I haven't tried it out yet. So I don't know if it's good or not. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have favorite color or colors? Um, I kind of like the cooler colors like purples and greens and blues. Like lavender. Yeah. That's kind of what I, yeah. <laughs> kind of what I gravitate towards. Makes sense. Makes sense. And pink. And I love pink too. Oh, I love fellow pink lovers. Yes. I love pink too. Yeah. Pink is cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and what brings you joy in life, Laura? Um Oh, lots of things, but I guess the one thing that comes to my mind is uh my dogs. I have two little rescue dogs. I don't really know. Aww. 
I don't really know exactly what, what breed they are. They're terrier mixes, <laughs> but you. What's their name? Uh, my oldest one is Lucky. She's four, and then my little one is JJ. He's two, and I just got him about nine months. No, not even nine. About six months ago, seven months ago. Aww, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, my little babies. I love res- I love rescue dogs. I don't know why people pay money for dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, not. Yeah, I, I know mean, like, you know, pay two thousand dollars for a dog when there's all these dogs that need to be loved. I know. Yeah, for me personally, I'll always have rescues, but you know, I understand some people want certain. Things, yeah. So that's that's true. And I, yeah, I, I don't. That's totally fine. I just, I'm just, I can't go anywhere like by a rescue. I'll take them all home. Right. With me and be like, okay, live with me. Yeah. Someone. Love you. <laughs> well, I had to stop following all the rescues and like the Humane Society on Facebook because I would just see all the the pups and I'd be like, oh, I need another one. But three would <laughs> yeah, be definitely had- too many. <laughs> I would. I had to stop doing that too. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time and chatting with me. Yeah, no and problem. I look forward to see just more about you and your speaking and all the cool stuff that you're doing. So thanks for sharing everything. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for for allowing me to speak. I think so highly of Laura for going into this field. I think it's hard to be a dietitian in this area, especially when it comes to compliance with her patients, but also when it comes to the life of her patients. You do become part of their family and there is loss in this area of dietetics. If you're curious to learn more from Laura about renal disease, dialysis, how cool the kidneys are, please reach out to her. I would have loved to have her as a resource when I was in clinical. I think I would have changed my perspective about renal nutrition. You can find her contact information in the show notes. My website, Anne Elizabeth RD, is where you can find my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as well as all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these nutrition experts. My book is also available for purchase on my website, and I hope we can connect more on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Anne Elizabeth RD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.